there anything better than a good cup of coffee? In fact, I'm having a, a cup of coffee right now, midday, as I tape our little podcast here from my friends at Boyers. They're the legendary Rocky Mountain Roaster. I start my day with them, and oftentimes I'll have a little decap later in the day. you got to go on their website, BoyersCoffee.com. They have all kinds of great flavors, great products, and do as I do. I, I don't, you can go to the store, which is awesome. Go to the store. But I don't mess around with that because I get it sent fresh to my house, and it's delivered extremely quickly, and that is where you're going to get uh, the, the super smooth and uh, local great brand Boyers Coffee. They're a proud coffee partner of the Colorado Rockies. They have been for a number of years. Um, they've been brewing coffee since 1965 in the Rocky Mountains. They have uh, also that food truck up on 73rd in Washington. So if you're up on the north side, swing by there. You'll get good eats. You'll get uh, great uh, discounts on drinks as well. Um, go see them at boyerscoffee.com. That's how I... Uh, Find all their great product, and as I said, I get it delivered to my house. That's BoyersCoffee.com. Steel products are simply the best. S-T-I-H-L, SteelDealers.com. There's more than 10,000 dealers around the country. So guess what? That means there's one right around the corner from you. They have gas-powered. They have battery-powered. They have electric. And they have all kinds of uh, great products to help you keep your yard as you'd like. Yeah, they got the big chainsaws. They have smaller chainsaws. They have, I have a hand saw that's electric that you can take camping with you. I mean, it's outstanding. We're still in the height of a uh, camping season. They have trimmers. They have blowers. They have hedge trimmers. And their products are used like for hacks like me and you trying to keep take care of our yard all the way up to the pros that have to cut down massive trees or do yard work and outdoor work professionally. That is how well-respected they are worldwide. Steel, steeldealers.com is where you're going to find your local dealer and you can load up your garage with all kinds of wonderful product. S-T-I-H-L, steeldealers.com. This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast, Rocky starter Kyle Freeland on what's got him pitching so well and that fraternity of guys in the Rockies rotation. By far, I think this is one of the best staffs that we've ever had. You know, I have known Marky for a very long time. I've known Senza for a long time. I've known Johnny for a long time. Gomber fit right in with us. You know, Chi-Chi's done a great job. You know, we keep a close eye on one another and we pull for one another no matter what. Plus, Drew has this. I'd be remiss if I didn't have a summer take on the big uh, battle going on at Dove Valley between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Subscribe to the Drew Goodman Podcast wherever you find podcasts and leave a comment, a nice one, and tell a friend. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast. Welcome, everybody. It is uh, program number 110, the Drew Goodman Podcast number 110. And we are thrilled, as always, not just glad, we're thrilled, as always, that uh, you join us and spread the word uh, of what we're doing. We have fun with baseball. We have fun with other sports. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, that little quarterback battle going on in Dove Valley uh, here in a moment. We touch on national uh, topics as well. We did uh, quite a bit on the Olympics over the uh, previous month. We're going to start today with a guy that we clearly have given good karma to. Um, well, somebody said that to me. I don't buy that. But um, Connor Joe, who's become 
a very popular Colorado Rocky very quickly. He has a great story. You heard it here. You've probably read about it uh, elsewhere. Um, Connor joined us a few weeks back. Uh, you know, he defeated testicular cancer a year ago, went through rigorous chemotherapy. Uh, but more than that, I, I think even if Connor didn't have that story to him, people would gravitate to him because he has this beautiful smile. When they hear him, um, what, what they what they get from him is great guy, smart guy, team guy. When we show shots on AT&T Sports of the dugout, there's always people around Connor Joe and, and everybody's always smiling. And I know because of what I do in talking to other guys, they love him. And I, and I think the fans have picked up on that very quickly. Um, and in addition, he has this unbelievable story of uh, overcoming cancer. And guess what? Every week that goes by, you start thinking, hey, Connor Joe is not just a nice story who is going to have a cup of coffee in the big leagues. He may be a guy that is a really nice find. Take the other day. It's yesterday as we tape this, Monday, at home against the Padres, battling for that final playoff spot, the really talented Padres. Connor Joe, who's a native of San Diego, was celebrating his 29th birthday. With Rymil Tapia hurt right now with the big toe injury and on the injured list, every day at the top of the order has been Connor Joe who doesn't necessarily at first glance profile as a leadoff type guy, you know, the the speedy type guy, but he has a high on base percentage, kind of like Charlie Blackman before him. He has the ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark, so it's kind of intriguing. I like that Buddy uh, Black put him at the top of the lineup and has been working out just fine over the last uh, week or so. So on his 29th birthday, he comes up in the bottom of the first inning against the team he rooted for growing up, and you know, serendipity. And this ball is leaned on to right center field and deep. And a birthday homer for Connor Joe against his hometown team, no less. Boy, is he creating memories this year. Happy birthday to Connor. Nothing like a birthday blast, huh? <laughs> I love those birthday blasts, right? Well, he wasn't done. He throws out a base hit in his next at bat. And, uh, you know, the Rockies jump out to a 5-1 to one lead. San Diego, one point, makes it 5-2. Uh, to two. It could have been much worse in the middle of the game. When I say much worse, San Diego may have closed much quicker than they ultimately did, if not for this play by Connor Joe. This ball well hit left center field. Long run for Joe, and he makes the catch. What a catch by Connor Joe. Whatever he was getting for his birthday, he is getting some an evening <laughs> that's going to surpass whatever he's unwrapping later on. So he had a heck of a birthday, and though Daniel Bard struggled a couple of scratch hits in the ninth, then he gives up the opposite field game time three-run homer to Trent Grisham. Homer to Trent, Trent Grisham. C.J. Crone saved the day. And he saved the birthday for Connor Joe. He saved Daniel Bard a little bit, and he hits the walk-off home run to right. It was a, a nice return home for the Rockies, and I get this question all the time, and I still can't answer it. How can the Rockies be so good at home? Second best win percentage at home in all of baseball to the Giants, and abysmal out on the road. Well, can't figure it out, but all I can do 
as a baseball fan and as a Rockies fan, like all of you, is enjoy how well they play at home. And it's really exciting to see Connor Joe in the middle of it. I mean, if you can't root for Connor Joe, you need a lobotomy. So uh, I'm just hoping, uh, I'm assuming the story will continue, and I'm just hoping going forward, I really think the Rockies may have found something here, uh, a nice piece that can be a a winning piece uh, looking ahead to 2022. I want to go to C.J. Crone for a moment. So he hits the walk-off homer. He leads the club now with 20 home runs. He leads him in walks. So his on-base percentage has been really good. Uh, He's been much better at first base also. It was a little rough uh, early in the season. Now, he's never going to win a gold glove over there. Nobody's going to pretend that he is. But he's, he's been solid defensively. And he gets on base, and like any hitter, particularly those that have, you know, pretty big swing, guys that hit the ball over the wall, he's going to go through his one for 15s and, and that sort of thing. And we've seen it earlier. But I think he can be another piece going forward um, that doesn't cost a lot of money because the Rockies have a, some first base pro, uh, prospects that are not far away, but they're still one to two to to, you know, three years away in, uh, you know, Michael Toglia, who was out of UCLA, was the number one pick, switch hitting uh, first baseman, uh, the Levine kid who they drafted out of uh, a New Hampshire high school, and, um, you know, El Haris Montero, who plays third base and first base. The uh, big, strong kid they got is part of the package for Nolan Arenado, who is leading the Eastern League in home runs and OPS last time we took uh, a look. So they have guys coming, but Crone can be one of those bridge guys. Not going to cost you a lot of money. I think the DH is coming, so he can play some first base, can DH. I mean, you have also the same situation for Connor Joe, who's got versatility. He can play first base. He can go to left field. Uh, Crone is really good in the clubhouse, just like Connor Joe. Uh, do they need additional help? Of course they do. We understand that. But I do think that a guy like C.J. Crone um, can be part of the solution going forward. And he's put together a nice year in Colorado, and he is comfortable. So I wanted to uh, you know, mention that as uh, this season winds into its final uh, you know, half dozen weeks. I hope you caught the Field of Dreams game last week. And I know it was all the rage uh, to chat about it uh, on Friday morning after the Thursday night affair uh, in Dyersville, Iowa. And it was captivating. And it wasn't just captivating to hardcore baseball fans because it was the highest rated baseball game in 16 years during the regular season. So a lot of people tuned in. And a lot of people tuned in and stuck with it because there was something different. There was something magical about reliving that game from a a wonderful movie. And when movies move us, when they bring out sentimentality, and baseball has always been able to do that because no matter what your talent level, at some point in time, you played catch with someone in your family. And oftentimes it was mom or dad. And so that movie, I think, especially the final scenes, really resonated with a lot of people. And so much so 
that this game, this real game in Dyersville in 2021 resonated with a ton of people. And visually it was stimulating in that you had the, the cornfields beyond the, the outfield wall. It started with them naturally emerging. I'm saying they, the players emerging from the corn. It was so well done. It was not overdone by Fox. You had a gorgeous mid-America summer night with a great sunset. And then, oh, by the way, the game turns out to be, you know, a, a great display of baseball. It had everything you wanted, stars hitting homers left and right. You have the great comeback by the Yankees and their two biggest stars going deep and, and two larger-than-life guys in Stanton and Judge, in the case of Judge, for the second time. And you had the walk-off homer in the bottom half of the ninth by the White Sox star player, one of their many stars, Tim Anderson, um, who's, a, who's a marvelous talent. It had everything. It was, it was a great show um, for baseball and it tugged at the heartstrings, and it was a grand slam. Um, you know, it, again, it made you feel like you did when you walked out of that movie theater years ago when you had watched Field of Dreams. And so uh, I'm glad that Major League Baseball is going back there. I think it's the right thing to do. I don't know if any future games will ever approach what this one brought because um, it, it's hard to... Uh, unseat the first of anything, right? Uh, but I'm glad they're going back. And it's taking advantage of the fact that baseball is played day in and day out for six months. There's this 162 games. In football, in the NFL, you see teams go and play overseas to spread um, the word of the game, if you will. Uh, but it, it, it's... It's for the greater good, and the NFL team that has to give up a home game, I'm not saying they do it begrudgingly, but they it, it sure be nice to have eight home games as opposed to seven when they're playing at Wembley Stadium. Baseball can do that because you play so many games. It's all right to play in a cornfield in Dyersville, Iowa. It's good for the game. It's good for the individual teams that partake. It's great when they play Major League Baseball games where kids are king in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Baseball can do that. Baseball needs to continue to do that. So Thursday night in Dyersville, Iowa, was a big victory for all the people that loved the game, for all the people that were moved when they originally watched Kevin Costner in Field of Dreams. And it was a victory you know, for the individual teams, the Yankees and the White Sox, probably less so from the from the Yankee standpoint because they uh, they lost the game. But um, it, it was fun and uh, it was great to see. We have, as you know, Kyle Freeland coming up. We're going to get to Kyle uh, in one moment, but I, I didn't. I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, have a summer take on the big uh, battle going on at Dove Valley between Drew Locke, the incumbent. And Teddy Bridgewater, who last played a year ago for the Carolina Panthers. You've heard me in the past during football season talk about Drew Locke specifically and the subject of young quarterbacks overall 
in that the industry, I believe, moves too quickly and makes um, rash decisions too quickly with that position. It is the most important position in sports, in team sports. I believe that, and, and I think anything else is a distant uh, second to quarterback uh, at any level, but particularly in the NFL. And every year around the draft, we we laud praise on, uh, heat praise on, on, on different quarterbacks. And then, you know what, we want to summarily dismiss them uh, two years into their career because it took a while. Need I remind you that Peyton Manning threw a hell of a lot of interceptions in his first year in the league, and he went down just recently uh, into the Hall of Fame as one of the greatest quarterbacks um, of all time, as we all know. I like Drew Locke in this battle, not stating that he is a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater right now, but I think he has more upside. Teddy Bridgewater has been in the league for a while. And, uh, you know, he's battled some injuries. He's had some moments. He was a pro bowler with the Vikings fairly early in his career. You know, last year with Carolina, they weren't a good team. Christian McCaffrey went down. They had a lot of injuries to key players. Uh, 15 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He has the ability to, to get some yards with his legs. But I, I look at him as more of a really good game manager and a really solid NFL quarterback. But I don't see great. And he's had opportunities through the years. That's not to say that, that Teddy Bridgewater, you know, couldn't lead a team deep into the playoffs. But with Drew Locke, I'm intrigued by his athletic ability. I'm intrigued by the arm strength. I'm intrigued by the guy that can turn a bad play potentially into a good play. Does he have to turn less bad plays, um, you know, live for the next down, as the saying goes in the NFL? Yeah. Um, he's forced the ball, which a lot of young quarterbacks do. He's made some poor decisions uh, under duress. He's forced the ball, which is a byproduct of his great athletic ability and his great arm strength. John Elway used to do the same damn thing, especially early in his career. So I'd like to see Drew Locke be the starting quarterback for the Broncos when the season begins. And that is not in any way, shape, or form a knock on Teddy Bridgewater. It's more, I'm intrigued by this young quarterback and letting him grow and letting him progress because I think there's a greater ceiling with Drew Locke. And that's why he got off to a nice start. So did Teddy Bridgewater in that preseason game up in Minneapolis. But I want to see what this kid can do um, as he continues to you know, grow from a, a maturity level at the NFL level and also the fact that Second year with Pat Shermer. This team is much better around him. Uh, so I, I want to see what it looks like. I want to see what it looks like. And I hope the Broncos um, exhibit patience because it's in short supply around the league when it comes to quarterbacks that are drafted. And they, it's like they get a cup of coffee and, and uh, teams are on to the next uh, the next great hope coming out of college. All right, that's my take on uh, the quarterback situation in Dove Valley. Had a chance the other day to catch up with Kyle Freeland. Uh, Kyle Freeland scared everybody at the start of the year um, going back to March. He pitched well, and then all of a sudden he grabs the back of his shoulder, and you're thinking the worst, he's going to have surgery, he's never going to be the same, he's out for the year. And miraculously, he came back after a couple of months. Um, I think he was surprised by it. Didn't pitch well initially. Well, over the last 10 starts... 
He's been outstanding. He's been the 2018 version of Kyle Freeland. Uh, you know he's confident. You know he's brash. Uh, you know he's competitive. You know he's local. And he's very likable. And he's been on the show before, but we hadn't caught up in a while. So uh, it's good to have Kyle Freeland this week. Our Ideal Home Loans Interview of the Week, the Rockies left-hander from TJ High School. You're throwing the shit out of it, my friend. Yeah. By the way, see, I can do that on podcast. Yeah. Uh, No, definitely feel good, uh, feel crisp, and everything's coming out clean the way I want it to. On the same page with, you know, Diaz and uh, Dom, whoever's catching me on my start day and you know right now just feel really good confident and everything and and just kind of riding that confidence um as long as i can Uh, i'll give you a little tv thing because every start we've always put this graphic up that says first five starts and then last four last five last and now it's like the last 10 or 11 starts and i'm like can we get rid of the first five we know what happened the first five here's here's the body of work yeah i mean you know that those first five starts was was rough i mean i i don't want to make an excuse of you know being hurt and you know getting back into things um but you know coming coming off a lengthy arm injury and having to jump right into the middle of the big league season um, it, it was tough, and I, I, had to, I had to learn quickly and, and make adjustments, you know, as fast as I could. And you know, for a little bit of time there, I was, you know, treading water. I, I, I had nowhere to go. Um, but talked to some, talked to some guys, talked to some coaches, and uh, figured out a few things, small, very small tweaks that we made the adjustment on. And uh, you know, once I had that Seattle start, that right there, I, you know, held on to that feeling of confidence, conviction, knowing how my pitches are moving. Um, doing the correct pitch mixes to, to guys, you know, we just since then just kind of been riding on that and continue to work and, and progress. You and I were chatting about, it was probably about a month ago now, or, or maybe even longer, and you said something to me that I'm aware of this, but I don't think many people are, and technically, I mean, it really, what you said was like in headlights you said yeah my release point needs to be and i'm making this up now but 5.8 inches above my my left ear and you know and, and eight degrees off i mean i was like whoa yeah there there was that that was part of the you know the very minor tweaks is you know looking at some small numbers like that um and basically what i ended up doing was slightly repositioning my foot on the rubber and making sure my arm slot was in its natural arm slot. I wasn't trying to be too on top of the ball. I wasn't trying to be too on the side of the ball. I was trying to just let my arm take its natural course down the mound. And sure enough, that you know helped me turn that page and get back to where I need to where I need to be. Every baseball player deals with self doubt. We always talk from an offensive side about the failure in the game. I mean, if you fail seven out of ten times, you're one of the great hitters in the game, obviously. Yeah pitchers fail you're not you're gonna make 32 33 starts they're not all gonna be beautiful we understand that how much self-doubt though enters when you were tremendous in 18 rough 2019 fix it in 2020 and then you come out of the gate slowly do they start creeping in and go what's going on yeah i mean they they definitely did you know with with the injury hitting um you know that was that was a blow and then the rough first five stars back into it, you know, that, that self-doubt, that, you know, little voice in the back of your head saying like, oh God, here we go again. Like, you almost want to slap that panic button, but you have to remember at the same time, like, what you have accomplished 
what you have worked for, um, the process that you've taken on and trusting that process. And that, that's kind of where I was. I was ready to hit that panic button, like, oh shit, like, what, what do I do now? Like, uh, I'm back, I feel like I'm back in 2019. Um, but again, going back to, you know, I talked with Dom and, and, uh, and Lambert about some numbers, talked to, talk to some coaches about some things about what they're seeing. And I just, I just trusted that process that I was in, you know, trusting my mechanics, knowing that my pitches are good, knowing that I can get big leagues hitters out consistently and just, and just rolling with that and not, you know, kind of pushing that self doubt to the side and, you know, basically saying, screw that. Like I'm going to go be successful. Is it all conversations with people or, or do you need to like dial up Cubs postseason, you know, 2018? Um, there was, there was definitely some video brought up, uh, going all the way back to 2017, um, looking at arm slot, looking at position on the mound, um, and, and kind of remaking that feeling of, in your mind, what that felt like, you know, visually, mentally, physically, all that, you know, and put it into one and, and you know, that, that can help big time, you know, going back and looking at videos three years prior. Can, can help you out a little bit and, and it did you know I, I watched a ton of video from 17 18 19 even when I was bad like okay what was I doing bad in these bad starts what was I was doing good in some of my good starts and uh, you know just kind of rolling through and kind of putting everything together into one and you know making a decision to be like all right this is who I am this is when I'm right this is what I do when I'm right one of the interesting things for me and we mentioned this a lot on the broadcast and um it, it's probably come together over time, but you all, and I, I'm referencing the starting rotation, it's like you have your own fraternity within the fraternity of the clubhouse. Is that, is that something that, that happens automatically, or is it because you've been with Marky and Senza, and, and now Gomber joins the fray, uh, fray and Chi-Chi, and, and John, obviously? Is it, is it come together naturally, organically? Yeah, I, I think it does. You know, being... You know, obviously you have you have your groups on a baseball team. You have your position players who are, you know, always hitting a pretty big group. You have your bullpen, that's a pretty big group. And then you have your starters, which is five guys that you trust the most and you want to, you know, potentially have for the whole season, all those five guys. Um, and, you know, it, it is like a very small fraternity where, you know, we're unlike anybody else on the field um, with, with our role. Um, so yeah, I think as a fraternity, and you know, going into that as well, you know, I have known Marky for a very long time. I've known Senza for a long time. I've known Johnny for a long time. Gomber fit right in with us. Um, you know, Chichi's done a great job. But you know, yeah, like I would 100% agree that it's a small fraternity that you know we keep a close eye on one another and we pull for one another no matter what. We'll have more with Kyle Freeland in just one moment, but first this from Ideal Home Loans. Been involved with them for a number of years. Brent Ivinson's team is outstanding. Give them a call, 303-867-7000. You will save money. And perhaps you're one of those people that just refinanced in the not-too-recent uh, past, and you're saying, well, I probably can't get much lower. I, I, I can't save more money. Give them a call. They'll let you know. It does not hurt to pick up the phone and find out if you can actually save more money. 
It's not going to take a great deal of time. They also have uh, you covered if interest rates drop significantly lower after you do a deal with them. If they go down by three quarters of a percent within two years of your loan with them, they'll refinance you without any lender fees. You can't beat that kind of deal. So again, if you're refinancing, if you're purchasing a new place, if you're consolidating debt, if you're trying to look at doing a project and you need to come up with some more funding, they may have some great ideas for you. 303-867-7000, Ideal Home Loans. Again, 303-867-7000, Ideal Home Loans. Give them a shout. I want to tell you once again about an outstanding family law firm that I could not recommend any higher. And we know that unfortunately divorces happen and people grow apart. It's a reality. It's a difficult time in life and a difficult process to navigate. You need understanding. You need compassion coupled with outstanding legal advice and counsel. And you'll find it at one of the top family law firms in the region in Cox, Baker and Page. That's Cox, Baker and Page. They've been celebrated and honored for their work and their compassion for a number of years by U.S. News and World Report and Laura Page. And Mary Cox are consistently listed by them with a best lawyer distinction. So if you or someone you know needs assistance, reach them at coxbakerandpage.com. Mention you heard it from me and receive a discount on your initial consultation. Once again, it's Cox, Baker, and Page. .com, a family law firm. Now back to more with K-Free, Kyle Freeland of the Rockies. I think people in baseball or maybe outside baseball don't really, you don't talk to the starting pitcher on the day he's starting typically. And that probably goes for a lot of teammates, correct me if I'm wrong. But can the rotation guys, I mean, can can John come by or Marky come by in the fourth inning of one of your starts and, and, and talk to you a little bit or say, hey, I'm seeing this when this, you know, this guy's, you set this guy up for such and such. Yeah, the, there, there's times where um, we'll have questions for one another, and it'll be a quick, like, hey, uh, you know, did you do this, or uh, did you like doing that? You know, very small, simple answer questions that isn't going to be, isn't going to turn into a big dialogue. Something that, if we're sitting on the bench, we can get a quick answer to help us out in our next start against that team, or potentially help that starting pitcher, like, hey, I, I saw this. May, maybe look into it, maybe not. Do your thing. Usually, when a pitcher's rolling, I'm not going to say a single word to the guy just because he's clearly locked in. Nothing that I'm going to say is going to help him or hurt him. Okay. Um, you do something that very few of your brethren can do, and I mention this also quite a bit. You can actually, as a pitcher, not only field your position, but throw the ball accurately with velocity and not hesitate to bases. It, you guys can hit a gnat in its ass from 60 feet, 6 inches. And, again, so many of your brethren, when it comes time, come back or they got to throw to second, they got a better chance of throwing it over the center field wall. But you've never had that issue. No, I, I think that, it, you know, it's always been something that I took a lot of pride in of being an athlete uh, as a pitcher, um, fielding my position cleanly. And, I mean, like I said, uh, post game the other day, I, double plays are my favorite thing when I'm pitching. So if I get an opportunity to start a double play, I'm going to make sure that I'm hitting, whether it's Story, B-Rod, Hampson, or Mac, I'm going to hit them in the chest hard and let them, you know, get rid of the ball and get a double play. Um, I, I think it's it's something that, you know, you see a lot of guys get somewhat timid when they get a comebacker with a runner on first. And it's almost like immediately like, shit, I don't want to throw this in the center field or I don't want to spike this. Um, 
but for me, it's just having confidence in myself to, to throw that ball at a moving target, hit them in the chest, and let them twist that double play. How much of your athletic background, you think, comes into play? Whether it's, you know, offensively you throw out a hit. Though the other day I thought, you know, I, I, I think it was a Doug Addings. Whoever was behind the play, or maybe Bill Miller, not to pick on Bill Miller, but he was like, pitcher, anything close, strike three. Yeah. <laughs> they look that way. I know you're not going to comment on that. But your athletic ability, um, you take a lot of pride in, in, in being a good athlete on the mound. Yeah, I mean, if there's any way that I can – help myself and help the team win a ball game by, you know, putting, you know, the guy behind me in a good situation to hit or, you know, like the other day, breaking up a double play when Connor Joe, you know, hit it to hit it to third base, you know, little things like that. If I, if I can just do one small thing where, you know, the next guy up can, you know, hit a double in the gap or hit a home run or, or come up clutch somehow, and it was because of one small thing that I did, that turns into a much bigger thing. Yeah. You know what's interesting for me, and I've pointed this out now lately, Rockies don't have the record they want to have. You've been to the postseason. You know what it feels like. Because you have the rotation, which is the toughest thing for any team, and especially here in Denver, to acquire, the very near future could be very good with the right tweaks. Do you see it that way, Kai? Yeah, no, I do, um, especially with this starting rotation. Um, we're still somewhat young. Uh one of the youngest in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but by far, I think this is one of the best staffs that we've ever had. Um, it's nice having two lefties in there. Um, you know, you got Johnny who wants to stay here. You got Gomber who came in and immediately clicked with us. And, you know, Senza and Marky have been doing the, doing their things, you know, as long as I have. So, you know, that core group of guys, they're hard to come by, um, especially when you got – three of them who came through the ranks together who understand one another and the other two and one other one has also came through the ranks a little bit before us but I think it's a great thing to have these five guys um, you know with the majority of us still under team control moving forward I think we can do something special and like you said it's hard to come by for a team to have a solid five starting rotation that day in day out opposing teams have to you know look back and be like hey we can't take this guy lightly i get this question a lot and i'm hoping you can answer it for me other announcers other teams doing radio shows people say i don't get it man i was looking at the stats the rockies they're pitching better at coors field significantly so than out on the road and it's not you know april 18th where it's been a couple of weeks that sort of thing you know we're wherever the hell we are middle middle of august can you explain it I can't. I don't. I don't know if uh, we've just, as a starting group, if we've, you know, finally, as a whole, kind of realized this is how the, the small things that each individual needs to do to make sure that we're successful on the mound at Coors Field. Um, I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's just this is how the season unfolded, or or what. Um, obviously, everyone knows that pitches move less here at Coors and they move more at sea level, but that's uh, something that. Is there's so many factors that it'd be hard for me to put my thumb on one and say this is why. Um, but I think it, it, it's probably a combination of, of multiple things. But I think with myself, Johnny, Marky, and Senza pitching here for the past five to six years, we have truly, I don't want to say mastered, but have harnessed how to 
pitch at Coors Field at altitude more consistently than you know opposing teams. Well, that's as good an explanation as any. Um, last one. Uh, in December, you have a very important date. It took you a little while. You know, Ashley, uh, bless her heart, hung in there because you've been dating for like 30 years now, huh? Pretty close. Pretty close, yeah. Uh, married, getting married December, December 11th, down in Key West. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Can't wait. Um, but, yeah, she, she hung in there, and uh, she trusted me. The, the dog's going to have a big role? Dog's going to have a big role. They're going to be our ring bearers. Yeah, perfect. And, uh, by the way, who's a better athlete? Ooh, I mean... <laughs> I don't know if she's going to listen to this, but yes, I, I am the better athlete. Okay, I won't tell her you said that. Hey, good luck next star, bud. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, you got it. Kyle Freeland is another guy that you gravitate to and you want to play behind if you're a, if you're a Rocky because you know he's going to bring tenacity and energy and a toughness and a confidence that is infectious. And it's great to see him rolling. I'll reiterate what I said a week ago. Uh, we touched on it in the interview. This does not have to be some three to five year rebuild until some of these guys arrive from the lower minor leagues, where the Rockies seem to have a lot of good players that are in you know low and high A, and some guys uh, that that are coming along and maybe less so at the higher levels, Double A and Triple A. Uh, but I believe because of that rotation with Herman, with Senzatella, who was great on Monday, by the way, uh, in the defeat of San Diego, with Kyle Freeland, uh, he has a lot of confidence. You heard him, that John Gray is going to be back in the fold. Uh, this is, uh, and Austin Gombers come on, and again, you heard Kyle word he's, a couple times. He said he's fit right in. Because they have this rotation, they have to build a winner beginning next year. It's going to be a fascinating uh, offseason, but I'm glad, and I I know all of you are, that Kyle Freeland is pitching and pitching well for his hometown team. So it's always good to catch up with him. A reminder, catch the uh, DNVR boys. I'm with them uh, once a week, and they crank out product. In fact, I I, I did a thing with Patrick Lyons and and Drew Kreisman. Actually, Patrick had the day off, but on Saturday. I mean, it's, it's every day. So if you can't get enough of your Rockies fix, of your of your baseball fix, um, please subscribe to, to DNVR and uh, the Rockies uh, podcast and their numerous podcasts, in fact, covering uh, all of uh, Denver sports and college sports as well. So the DNVR boys with uh, Drew Kreisman and Patrick Lyons. Download their program. That'll do it. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new guest and new material on the Drew Goodman Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Spread the word, and uh, we'll talk soon. Take care, everybody.